0: All right, Voice Church. Thank you so much for answering the 30-second question. Hope you met somebody new. It's not weird to ask somebody their name, even if it's the 10th time. Totally fine here. Uh, I feel like with, uh, like, destination, spot, vacation, like your first choice and why, I feel like we split into two camps. Let's see if this is true. You're either, like, the beach person or, like, the not beach person. Okay, so raise your hand, beach people. Raise your hand. Oh, okay. And then the anything but the beach people. Raise your hand. I'll raise my hand, nice and high. Yeah, the beach thing isn't part of like the ginger starter pack when we're when we're when we make it here. So um, no, I love I, I love a little bit of both. But if I have to choose, it's forest or cabin or something every time. <laughs> I love you guys. Uh, it's so good to be here. Uh, If I haven't met you yet, my name is Eric. I'm one of the pastors here and just been here since day one uh, through the launch team. And uh, just it's so cool. I love this church. I'm so proud of this church and um, seeing some faces I haven't seen in a while, meeting new people all the time. uh, I just love voice. So thank you for coming today. Yes. So today is Palm Sunday. And this is an important day in our Christian calendar. It's filled with meaning, and we're going to tell lots of stories today about why it's important. Uh, But I want to start by actually backing up a couple weeks. Uh, Two weeks ago, Pastor Natalie, um, I I love this when we circle back around, restated one of our core values as a church. I want to put it up on the screen for you. The core value that she started with, I just want to put on your radar, is that we live by faith. Here at Voice Church, this is important to us, and it has been since the beginning, is that we live by faith. So our, uh, the, the language we use on the website and, and other things it just simply says, we are Voice Church. Our mission is to be a Christ collective who lives by faith, who is known by love, and is a voice of hope in our families, in our communities. Sometimes that voice of hope needs to exist even in your own head, right? You need to remind yourself of that. But I want to start this morning by just reminding us of who we are. We are a people. We are a people that lives or strives to live by faith. Now, another word for faith is, is trust. So another way to say this is that we are a people who strive to live in a way that Trusts in God. Now, what I've uh, what I've experienced, I'm going to share a little bit this morning. I'm sure you're there with me. Is that living by faith or living by trusting God acknowledges that we are not always going to know what's next. Okay, and we acknowledge that we are aware of that. We don't get all the details. Sadly, God does not send you like a memo for the next ten years, but He promises to always be there and to be among us and with us. And so we understand this is on the screen too, understanding that God's or understanding God's plan is not a requirement for obeying God's direction. If you're taking notes this is where I want us to start today. I'm such a teacher. I'm always like bite-sized. Write it down, you know, I'll quiz you on it later. But understanding God's plan is not a requirement for obeying God's direction. And I don't think this is just n- true nowadays. I think if you look back in Scripture all the way back to the beginning, I think this has always been true. It's always been true. This is just the way God works. We're limited. He is not. It's kind of like, I've heard it said, it's kind of like trying to explain the internet to an ant. It just doesn't always connect. See, this week, we, uh, we're we going to continue our series um, Really, it's called Greatest Hits. It's it's about the bigger stories that have happened, uh, like Palm Sunday, like Easter, uh, the big stories. The the series that we had right before this was called B-Sides, and celebrating the smaller stories. I love the idea that everybody can bless somebody else with their story. And so as we consider these small and now these bigger stories, we need to remember that God is good and God is faithful all the time, all the time. So this morning, it's going to be pretty obvious. I'm going to be kind of um, unashamed to say this morning is about faith. This morning is going to focus on trust. And by that, we're going to start with reading our triumphal entry, this story in Matthew 21 that we now call Palm Sunday that has this crazy cool backstory that I'll share with you. But uh, if you're unfamiliar, this comes from Matthew 21. The first 11 verses of this, I'm going to read it out loud. If you want to look in your own um, Bibles or on your Bible apps or just read on the screen, all of that's great. Let's read together. Just listen as I read. As Jesus and the disciples approached Jerusalem, they came to the town of Bethphage on the Mount of Olives. Jesus sent two of them on ahead. He said, go into the village over there. As soon as you enter, you will see a donkey tied there with its colt beside it untie them and bring them to me. If anybody asks what you are doing, just say, the Lord needs them, and he will immediately let you take them. If you're reading this literally, you're like, whoa, that's like stealing. Wait, what's going on here? Why? But anyway, maybe they set it up ahead of time. We don't really know what happened, but that's what happened, and it seemed to work out okay. Verse 4, they took place, this took place to fulfill the prophecy that said, Tell the people of Jerusalem, look, your king, like Pastor Joe said this morning, your king is coming to you. He is humble. He's riding on a donkey, riding on a donkey's colt. The two disciples did as Jesus commanded. They brought the donkey and the colt to him and threw their garments. They're probably referring to their tunics, like their outer jacket or cloak, over the colt, and he sat on it. Most of the crowd spread their garments of the road. This is him walking into town. And others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Jesus was in the center of the procession. Imagine a parade. People screaming, just, just, just pushing to the, forward, the, the front just to see Jesus walk forward, to walk through. And all the people around him were shouting, praise God for the son of David. Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Praise God in the highest heaven. Verse 10, the entire city of Jerusalem was in an uproar as he entered. Who is this, they asked. And the crowds replied, it's Jesus. It's Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. And as Joe said, I love this. I love here that the people, it seems like the people get it right in this moment. Like, ah, oh, yes, they know who he is at least in this moment he gets the response that he deserves and as when we as usual when we, when we read scripture there's a lot more going on right we need some context and so there's more that that, that meets the eye in first glance have you ever realized just a, a side principle have you ever realized that you connect more to a story or or something that's said when you know the backstory behind it you guys ever realize that uh let, let me show you what i mean um ice cream cones what yeah let me tell you so this is uh the backstory to ice cream cones hang with me i promise this connects so um his name is uh marconi is credited with the invention of the ice cream cone but there was a similar product introduced in 1904 at the st louis world fair by ernest a hamwe okay he was a syrian pastry chef this is the story So there were these two vendors at a fair. One of them was selling ice cream. One of them was selling pastries. Uh, Think like what we now call, right, ice cream cones. But it was a crisp, waffle-like pastry, crunchy. And what was happening is this ice cream vendor was just selling out over and over and over, and he didn't expect to be so busy. He had only brought a a certain amount of bowls. They didn't have like the disposable kind of paper kind back then. And so what he would do is he would sell ice cream, and then he would wash the bowl and sell ice cream and then wash the bowl, and it was very, slowing him down. So this guy, Ernest Hamley next to him, realized that he had an idea. He could make a thinner version of his pastry, roll it up, let it cool, and they could put ice cream in it. And they figured this out kind of on the spot. They figured it out. They became this amazing uh, team. And so he would cook the what we now call ice cream cone. They would put ice cream in it, and it became a hit. So much that we now know, everybody knows what an ice cream cone is, Right? I love that. Teamwork, like ingenuity. I love two people just kind of happening to be in the same spot. If you needed one more reason to connect deeper with ice cream, there you go. You're welcome. Another example is uh, my son has two middle names. Uh, first one is Alan, like mine. Poor guy. And the second one is Kumbe. You're like, okay, cool. That sounds weird. but uh, and, and so the story behind that is, uh 10, 12 years ago now, we spent a year in Uganda doing missions, and my wife had been told from very little that she was never going to be able to have kids through a series of uh, medical conditions. And so we went there, and I'll tell you the longer story another time if you'd like, but um, she was healed, and we got pregnant, and we were very surprised. She found out a day before the end of the first trimester. And so, um, Kumbay is Swahili for surprise, Woo, he's here, right? When you know the backstory, you feel more connected to it, right? When you know the backstory, it has more meaning. Well, Palm Sunday has this backstory that I want to make sure everybody listening online or if you're here in person, I want to make sure we all really connect with Palm Sunday. It's so good. It's so rich. There's so much meaning. Now, if it wasn't called Palm Sunday... Uh, back in the day before this event happened, we would be saying, Happy Lamb Choosing Day. Happy Lamb Choosing Day. This happened on uh, Nisan, which is uh, the name of the, the Jewish month. And then so we would say, Happy Nisan 10th, or Happy Lamb Choosing Day. Okay, now this is the story. All the way back to the beginning. Hang with me here through a history lesson. Exodus 12, God institutes this thing called Passover, I think we know the story of God rescuing uh, his people from slavery in Egypt. And the Passover was this 10th plague that God performed in Egypt through Moses, demonstrating God's power over even life and death. And he was making the statement that God knows his people and that God provides salvation through what we read in Scripture, through the blood of the Lamb, Okay, this is where this begins, Exodus 12, 1, 2, and 3. It says, while the Israelites were still in the land of Egypt, the Lord gave the following instructions to Moses and Aaron. From now on, this month will be the first month of the year for you, this month of Nisan, announced to the whole community of Israel that on the 10th day, right, so happy Nisan 10th, on the 10th day of this month, every family must choose a lamb or a young goat for a sacrifice, one animal for each household. So, if you, again, if you don't know the story in the Passover, what happened is they took the blood of a lamb and they painted it over the entrance of their home. And death passed over everyone who had been saved by the blood of this lamb, who had, who had painted it on their home. And so as the years came and went, they would sacrifice a lamb to remember the story of the Passover. So this story is pretty gruesome, right? Pretty brutal. But we know from Scripture that everywhere sin is involved, blood is required. That's how it works. And so Scripture is pretty clear. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned, and all, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So a quick little Bible reading tip. We shouldn't read um, and we shouldn't emphasize the gruesomeness here. What we should be blown away at is that God is willing to save even in moments like this, that all the way back in Exodus, God hasn't changed personalities from the Old Testament to New Testament. He offers a way to salvation. Even back then, He's always been a loving God, finding a way to offer salvation to His people. So on Nisan 10th, or however you say it, we would say, Happy Lamb Choosing Day. And they would go out to their pasture. They would know Passover's coming, and it couldn't just be any animal. Imagine those of you who love your dogs. You know, lambs were a lot like that, where they would literally, like, you would help the, the lambs be born, and then you would help nurse them. And sometimes they would have names, and you would make sure they're cared for. And if they got lost, you would go find them. And so they would walk through their flocks, and they knew that this, this, this Passover lamb had to meet the exact specifications, There could not be one visible sign of disease or deformities or malnourishment. It had to be without defect. I mean, perfect. I mean, this is the lamb that everybody knows is their favorite. This is the lamb that's just adorable, without blemish. This lamb, on this lamb, was placed all the sins of the people. The family would... It would be this time of self-reflection as they went out and they chose this lamb. And they knew that this lamb, this innocent little lamb, would be the one taking, so to speak, the sins away from them. This lamb choosing day was the day that they knew it was their fault that the death of this lamb covered them. And the day that death provided life, lamb choosing day, Nisan the 10th. So why does this back, back story matter? Well, here's the connection. Palm Sunday, this triumphal entry of Jesus happens on Nisan the 10th. Lamb choosing day. On this day, this day of all days, Jesus rides into Jerusalem. I love that. John 1:29, earlier in Jesus' life, the cousin of Jesus says this about him. He says, the next day... Uh, A little bit earlier in the story, not um, surrounding Palm Sunday, but earlier in Jesus's ministry, he says, uh, John saw Jesus coming toward him and he said, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. The backstory gives it so much more meaning, right? Palm Sunday, the Lamb of God. We believe that Jesus lived a sinless life. So if, if the, the, the analogy goes that it had to be perfect, he had to be spotless. Well, let's read what Scripture says about Jesus. I just grabbed three. First Peter 1.19. Peter writes, It was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. Referring to Jesus. 1 John five, And you know that Jesus came to take away our sins, and there is no sin in him and then 2 Corinthians 5 for God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that he could be made right so that excuse me we could be made right with God through Christ Peter says it John says it Paul says it everybody who hung out with Jesus believes this that Jesus had no sin he lived the perfect life and so because of that it perfectly positions him to be the lamb of God innocent but taking the guilt away from the people who choose that salvation the people who are guilty like me and like you that's what palm sunday is about now i know i'm thinking ahead to good friday and easter we're not there yet and that's okay but so pastor eric like i get it jesus is the lamb of god he you know he's going to offer salvation but what like what does that mean for us today and this is big Jesus has the ability to forgive sin. Jesus has the ability to forgive sin. And I think some of us need to be confronted with this once again. Maybe we heard this when we were little, but I have this instinct for us this morning that some of us are kind of caught in a cycle of sin. We have ourselves convinced that Jesus may have dealt with like sin in the general sense, but you still feel guilty for things that may have come, things that have done, uh, been done to you. And I think that maybe we need a fresh um, response to this, that today, you, because of Jesus' ability here, you can let it go. He wants you to feel forgiven today. He has the ability to forgive sin. Nobody else has that. Romans 3.23, which we read the first part, the bad news. The next verse has the good news. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus today. Do you feel guilty today? Do you need to be reminded that Jesus can take your sin away? You can let it go. Just give it it up. Give it to him. Ask for forgiveness. He wants to offer you that today. Happy Lamb Choosing Day, voice. We have so much to be grateful for. Amen? I love this. Lamentations 3, and 23 talks about God. It says, The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is His faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. I think this is the, the time that we need to pause and ask ourselves, have we been experiencing God's grace recently? Because His mercies refresh or begin afresh each morning. I love that. And that's not the only thing that God put on my heart to talk about today. The first is that Jesus is absolutely the Lamb of God. The second is that Jesus is the King over God's people. And this is when the message turns to be a little bit more confrontational. This is when I push. I'm just putting myself out there. This is what God... I would say burdened, to put, put on my heart and my mind for us today. Not you, for me too, for us today. Now, the, the, Palm, story, the Palm Sunday story starts with Jesus choosing this donkey to ride in on, and not even the donkey, the colt. And see, if you were a king and you wanted to make the statement that you were in charge and you were uh, somebody who you didn't want to mess with, that you were this like conquering king to ride in the city on, you wouldn't ride in on a donkey. You would ride in on a chariot. You would ride in on a war horse. You would have soldiers lining you. But Jesus chose, I love this, he chose a donkey. Why? Because he is humble. Because he comes in peace. See, I love this. Matthew 21, 4, just a reminder, this took place to fulfill the prophecy that said, tell the people of Jerusalem, look, your king is coming to you, humble, humble, Riding on a donkey, riding on a donkey's colt. And I love this. People are, are laying palm branches down, right? They're taking their tunics off and laying them down. And all of these things, is this is behavior for people that are like, I want Jesus to be my king. He's riding in. He's, he's humble. See, but here's the thing about kings back then, first century kings. First century kings had the authority over the life and death of their people. They had, the say, they had the right, they, it, was, it was their right to protect their people, to feed, to care for. But also, if they thought, this king thought that your life needed to end, they had the right to do that. He had the right, the authority um, over death, the life and death of his people. And so, uh, these people laying down their tunics and their, their palms, that, that's like their invitation. Jesus, come be our king. Come be our king. And I love this. This is a snapshot. Jerusalem accepting Jesus as king. But then if we fast forward a few days, we know that the story doesn't end this way, right? We know that Good Friday is coming. So this humble king who doesn't force, he doesn't take it, he doesn't push, he's loving, I mean, he's honest, but he's loving. In a few days, these people are going to turn on Jesus, their king. Why? Because at first, he was doing what they expected. At first, he was doing what they wanted. At first, their plans and the way those plans uh, laid out were lining up. And then all of a sudden, Jesus does something that they don't expect. Or he does a thing in a way that they don't agree with. And now all of a sudden, they're not getting what they want. What do they want? They wanted their city back. They wanted Jesus to move in and make things right. See, here's the thing. Here's the truth. Here's my message for us today. It's on the screen. When things don't go our way, folks, isn't it true about us that our true colors are exposed? When things don't go our way, our true colors are exposed. The same people who are in the crowd on Palm Sunday are the same people in the crowd on Good Friday. And I felt convicted about that this week, that I think sometimes I'm that guy who lays down the palm branches and the tunics when things are going good, when I feel like I understand what God's doing. But the minute my king, Jesus, does something that's out of my control, out of my understanding, out of the realm of like uh, uh, me feeling like I know what's going on, immediately I'm out. The trust that I have for King Jesus wavers. And I believe today, if we go back to the beginning of the message, that we are called to be people who live by faith. To live by faith. See, a couple things I said at the beginning. Understanding God's plan is not a requirement for obeying God's direction. So today, church... I'm not quite there yet, but I want to stop and say today, church, I believe that there are some people in this room who are having a hard time uh, trusting God because of some things that have happened in, their, in your life. And I'm not pushing back to say that you should. How dare you? That's not the tone. The tone, the reminder is that Jesus is so Trustworthy regardless of the circumstances that come up in our life. Understanding God's plan is not a requirement for trusting Jesus with your life. See, I believe, church, the most loving thing that I can do today, this morning, is to risk offending you a little, to urge you to trust Jesus more. To urge you to trust Jesus more. I'll close with this story. Uh, A few weeks ago, I was lucky enough, you know, we get to serve, although it costs us at times, right? Uh, I was lucky enough to serve and help lead uh, a trip to Kenya. So we took 16 high schoolers, juniors and seniors, uh, literally 10,000 miles away, halfway around the world, um, to serve. And before that, uh, we um, do one-on-ones with each of the team members. And so uh, I met with this uh, young lady. We'll call her Sarah for t- for today. And so we're meeting kind of one on one with the leaders, and we just wanted to identify, like, hey, what are some challenges? What are some things that you foresee? We want see what happens. Sometimes is you get you get so far from home that the the things that feel little at home feel really big when you get there, right? So we want to start the conversation. So what we know about her, this is this story is just so crazy. What we know about her is that. Part of her story is a few years ago, her mom um, passed away, okay? And it was due to a pretty tough uh, situation, uh, drug use and others. And so um, part of her story is coming to Christ, uh, she was adopted by her um, aunt and uncle. Now lives with them, and it's a great story. But what we learned through this one-on-one is that she felt really closed off to God about this area of her life. She doesn't like to talk about it. She's really cold about it. And so I I knew that like going halfway around the world, it just tends to like expose the things that we think we've buried, right? When you get really tired or really stressed, the small things, the things that we think we've put behind us just seem to crawl back. And so I, I asked her, you know, in the few weeks leading up to the trip, if you would just open up, And talk to God about that and just be available for God to use um, maybe even that part of your story because it could bring some healing in your own life. And we just kind of left it. So fast forward, we're on the trip and we are uh, at a camp with um, 6th graders, uh, Kenyan kids who literally traveled from the slum to be at this amazing summer camp and we're there just for a day or two. And so we randomly put them in uh, these groups and so we put uh, this girl, Sarah, we're like, you know, here there's 10 groups, you go with that one, and we randomly assign Kenyan leaders, you go with her. And so we're walking through, and she gets to talking with this Kenyan leader, and they just kind of hit it off as far as friendship, and they're just like telling, hey, what's your story, what's your story? And she says, yeah, well, you know, my story is that um, my mom died, it was on October 12th, and." You know, it's a couple years ago, and part of this trip is, and she just goes on and on and on. And so he uh, just starts, just breaks down. And she was like, oh, no, did I say something wrong? Whatever. And so they kind of step aside, and he says, thank you so much for sharing, uh, because my mom passed away last October 12th. Crazy. And so um, my point in saying that this morning is, for her to not being willing to trust God with even this thing. She would have missed out on an opportunity to really help somebody, but also to receive the healing part of the, the next step in the healing um, for herself. And so what she learned, and this is coming from the mouth of a 16-year-old, she says that trusting in God really does lead to freedom, to freedom which I think is God's plan for us this morning, right? So, to wrap up, invite the, the uh, band to come back up to is I believe today, church, as we start talking about uh, this Passion Week, where Jesus rides in triumphantly, where he experiences Good Friday and then Easter, and we'll wait to get there because we want to take the ride too, but I think today what God wants to remind you is that he is so trustworthy that there might be something in the way of us fully like kind of going all in and saying, I trust you, even though it hurts. I trust you, even if I don't understand. But I just I'm just going to choose to trust you. And in this way, we live by faith. We live by faith. And I love the words of our young 16 year old. Trusting in God leads to freedom. Trusting in God leads to freedom. Why don't you stand and let's pray. So, voice, whether we're listening online, whether we're here in person, I believe that this moment has come where God has kind of preordained to meet with you, to meet with us about this thing right now. I think that sometimes God's leading is confrontational. He wants us to not be stuck anymore. He doesn't want us to be in a cycle of sin or of guilt. He wants for us what he says, and that is freedom, real freedom. So if, if we need today to really ask for forgiveness for an area of our life that we maybe don't feel like is fully settled or dealt with, or maybe we've asked before, but we just need to continue to ask. I pray today that we would take a minute through this last song, maybe through the time of prayer at the end of service, to just simply ask for forgiveness. Jesus has the authority to forgive. He has the ability to forgive. And He desperately wants to offer you that today. For those of us who need to be kind of confronted with the idea that, that there are going to be moments in our life that we don't understand what God is doing. And we, we know that maybe even his plan comes with pain, sacrifice. It comes with uh, putting ourselves second. But those are the choices that lead to freedom in Jesus. God, may we today as we celebrate Palm Sunday remember that Jesus is absolutely the Lamb of God, but he is also the king over God's people. And so, Lord, I I today give you... I give you my trust just for today, and tomorrow we'll start again, but I give you my trust today for the things that I don't want to trust you with, the things that I don't want to deal with, the things that I would rather keep close to my chest, Lord, I give them to you, knowing that you love me, that you care, that you will lead me on the path to freedom. Lord, today as we sing, may we just respond in the way that the Holy Spirit's prompting us, whatever that looks like, loud or quiet, prayer or singing. Lord, today, I really do believe that King Jesus wants us to follow him on the path that leads to life. So Holy Spirit, do your work today. In Jesus' name, and we all say, amen.